This is episode 50, yes, 50 of the Great Speech Podcast on how to be more authentic. Let's go. It's a Great Speech Podcast for the public speakers. We're going way down deep to look at what makes a communicator. We'll look at all different topics from the bottom to the top. So get your mind free of all the distractions and please listen up, listen up, listen up. It's the Great Speech Podcast. 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 (laughs) Thanks, Dad. So welcome back, welcome back, my great communicators, to Season 7. How are you guys doing? I hope you are well. I am super excited to have you guys with me again. It's been a little while. Uh, I always take a break in between seasons. So I hope you've been able to catch up on the previous seasons and kind of binge listen the podcast. I like to do that actually with the podcast that I listen to. I just kind of wait for them to build up for a while and then I binge listen. I'm doing that actually with a podcast called The Delta Flyers, which is, so I'm a real Trekkie and it's a couple of actors from one of the Star Trek series Voyage and they've done a really cool podcast going through every episode of the entire kind of, I don't know, seven series, I think. I think they've got up to season four. uh, And I just binge listen. So I hope you've been able to binge listen my previous podcast episodes and you are ready for this one today. Because, well, no, let me start. Gosh, I'm out of practice on this. Let me start, as always, with the quote of the episode, which is... I was once afraid of people saying, who does she think she is? Now I have the courage to stand and say, this is who I am. And that quote is by Oprah Winfrey, who is one of my all-time favourite communicators. Still waiting for her to do an actual autobiography, because my goodness, what a life she's had and how much she must have to share. Come on, Oprah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Uh, So, yes, that quote is, as you can tell, focused on authenticity. And that is what we are going to be focusing on in this episode. So this series, uh, season seven, is going to be my how-to series. And I'm going to be looking at different aspects that aren't directly communication skills, right? So I do a lot of stuff on storytelling, on negotiating, on how to persuade, stuff like that. And what I have found is that people understand that, yeah, those are the skills that I've got to develop. But actually, when they come to me, they're not thinking so much in terms of, I want to improve my persuasion skills. But they come to me with some of the challenges that they have, And in this series, I'm going to tackle some of those different elements that are challenges and that are issues that are all related to communication skills, even though they're not communication skills in themselves. Uh, You'll get it as I go through the series more. Uh, So this week is all about how to be more authentic. That's the episode this week. Can you guys hear the birds chirping? It's really cool because I'm recording this in my garden office and it's kind of nicely in the kind of you know the garden well it's in the garden right it's got an office but it's great because i've got birds all around here and i can kind of hear their chirping i don't know if you can hear that as well so that's what we're going to be looking at in this episode is authenticity how to be 
more authentic. Uh, I am, of course, Collaboration, IK, your communication super skills guru. Uh, I am a coach. Uh, reach out to me if you need help with your communication skills, because that is what I do. That's what I'm passionate about. Uh, this podcast and pretty much everything I do is dedicated towards helping all of us become awesome communicators, because I firmly believe that when we communicate better, the world is a better place. So that's really what I'm kind of passionate about helping people with. Uh, scroll down in the show notes if you want to see all the different links and the different ways I can help you. I have got a great free workshop that's definitely my most popular workshop ever. It's called uh, The Five Communication Super Skills That Will Change Your Career If You Use Them and Stall Your Career If You Don't. Really long title, but actually it's exactly that. It's showing you the communication skills that you must master because it's not enough to just be good at what you do. You've got to be outstanding at communicating your thoughts and your ideas to other people. Uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. That's kind of my social media platform of choice. So find me on there. Uh, if you are ready to get started already, so I have a number, number of people to say, yeah, I don't need the workshop. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to get started. Then I always start with, okay, let's chat first of all. Let me see whether I'm the right coach for you. You're the right coach, uh, client for me. And then I'll tell you the different programs that I have. So book in, you'll see the link, uh, greatspeech.co forward slash get hyphen started. Uh, and uh, what else have I got? Gosh, I've got, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting. I've got a public speaking program called Nail My Speech. Go to nailmyspeech.com. You can kind of buy that there. And then the final one, which is, not something that I produce, but it's actually something that I use in my coaching practice, uh, which is, so there's a company called Meet Fox, which is kind of like, it's kind of like a Zoom equivalent, but it's got a, your calendar built in and all sorts of really great functionality as well. And that's what I actually use whenever I'm coaching. So if you want to book an appointment with me, you'll book it through Meet Fox. Uh, they've given me a really cool deal where you get 40% discount on their pro plan. I get a little cut of it as well. No, I don't think I get a cut of what you do, but I get some sort of commission, I think. Uh, and they give you a 40% discount if you enter the code great speech. So have a look at that if you've been looking at some sort of video meeting, video conferencing software. Uh, I think this is excellent. It's what I use over and above Zoom and stuff like that. So yeah, those are the links uh, that if you want to kind of get a bit more involved in stuff, but really what I want to do is to get into the content. And I think the structure that I'm going to follow with these uh, how-to episodes in this series, in this how-to series is why, and then what, and then how, right? Why, what, and how. So why does authenticity matter? What is authenticity, authenticity exactly? And how can we be more authentic, right? Why, what, and how? That's how I'm going to divide things up. So let's see Let's see how it goes. Uh, as always, remember, I do these in one take. So you may hear noise. You may hear me stumble. I usually whack my mic at some point. Uh, forgive me, but I kind of feel that, I guess, in my attempt to be more authentic, that I want this to just be what I say unfiltered, and unedited rather than polished. So that's kind of the way I approach all my podcast episodes. So let's start with 
Why does authenticity matter? And I say this because what's interesting is that whenever I have a meeting with clients uh, and they want me to kind of coach them, uh, a lot of times one of the first things we do is talk about, well, what is it you, how is it you want to be perceived by other people? Why is it important for you to develop your communication skills? And one of the most common things that they say to me, or one of the most common qualities that they say they want to develop and they want to be known for is authenticity. They want to be seen as somebody who is real, who is sincere. And it seems that, I don't know, I think it's guess that in this world that seems to be just full of inauthentic people from politicians to Instagram pictures, which I discovered. It's amazing the things you discover. I discover, you know, the way people put filters and can change the contours of your face and your body and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's astonishing to me. But there is so much, there's so much fakery in this world, so much inauthenticity uh, you know, I mean, when we go on holiday with things that always, so I hate selfies. Everybody knows that about me. I really don't like selfies. <laughs> so my wife and I kind of give my wife like, here's my one selfie of the year, right? There you go. No more, <laughs> right? But on holiday, I'll watch and see people taking selfies where they put on their best face and they're smiling and looking really radiant. And as soon as the camera's off, they look miserable and they're, you know, either upset or they're just scrolling through their phones and you know, it's a total misrepresentation of what their life is really like. So I think it's because that there really has become so much inauthenticity, so much fakery in the world that we are craving things that are real. We are craving things that are real. Uh, you know, like, one of the favorite parts I love of, of certain TV series that do it, it's like the bloopers at the end, right? Where you've watched the program or the episode and then at the end, they show the little bloopers. You know, I think we crave that. We want to see what's really behind it. Uh, or, you know, the, the you know, not that I watch these, uh, but the Instagram uh, influencers that kind of the makeup artists, one of their most popular uh, postings and stuff on Insta is when they do the kind of the before and the after, like here's my face with nothing, no makeup whatsoever when I just woke up and this is the process I go through to make it up and this is what I look like afterwards. Those posts end up being more popular than the posts that only show them made up. Again, because I think people crave the real. I think, uh, I think authenticity helps to build trust in other people because our brains are kind of analyzing for inconsistency. So when we see that there is realness, when we see there's congruence between what somebody seems to represent and what they actually do, it resonates with us. And, and I think it helps us form a deeper connection with each other. And the world is just a better place when we all feel connected. Uh, I read a, an article somewhere actually about, I think somebody doing a, a research paper or something interviewing or asking people what their top five regrets were um, when they were on their deathbed. Uh, and one of the most common, if not the most common, was I wish I had had the courage to live my true life, to live life, you know, as myself. So authenticity is a really, really important thing. And 
why it's important as well is that because it signals to people that this person is is trustworthy, is honest, has integrity, uh, it also makes us more, in a way, more attractive to the other person. I don't mean attractive in a kind of a, you know, a beauty sense. I mean people feel more attracted to us. They gravitate more to us because they sense that there's something real. Uh, I always talk, actually, when I do my own workshops and stuff about uh, an effect called the Prattfall effect, which was kind of identified by a psychologist in the 1960s called Elliot Aronson. And essentially what he discovered or what he highlighted was that people who are otherwise competent but make a mistake or reveal a flaw are actually more attractive and more likable to other people than those that are just perfect. Uh, so his experiment was called the coffee spill test, where he would, I think he would get people to listen to recordings of a quiz show. And in one of the versions, the quiz show host would knock over a cup of coffee. And in the other one, the quiz show host wouldn't knock over a cup of coffee or spill coffee. And the likability rating of the one that spilled the coffee was just much, much higher. Uh, that was followed, uh, I think, later in like the 2000s by uh, another psychologist, uh, Richard Wiseman, who did, um, I think it was an experiment about uh, people selling blenders and one salesperson would make a blend, you know, make a smoothie or whatever perfectly. And the other salesperson would kind of forget to put the top on and the blender would spill out, you know, all the, the liquid would spill out. And what they saw was that actually people related to the humanity of the salesperson that made a mistake uh, and that therefore the sales were actually higher with that salesperson than with the salesperson who was absolutely perfect, which is totally counterintuitive, right? But I think that's because what that salesperson did was show their humanity, reveal their flaws, their imperfections. And that made them far, far more relatable. And I think relatability is really the key that is why authenticity matters so much. Because as you will hear me say very, very often, communication, the highest form of communication is connection, right? I explain that in my work. So take the workshop if you want to know, why does he say that? Um, so take the workshop, scroll down, you'll see the workshop, right? The highest form of communication is connection. And so if you can, in the way you conduct yourself, in the way you are, make yourself relatable and real and authentic, then it is the most powerful way to establish a connection with other people. And when you have that connection, you will be seen as an awesome, outstanding communicator. So those are kind of my thoughts on why I say that authenticity really matters. It is a great skill to have, but it is not easy. You know, if I if I look in my world and my life and think about the people that I am I am in contact with or people that I see around me, it's not I don't even know what percentage I would put it on, but I probably say it's about 10% of my world that I would look at and say, oh yes, that person and those people are authentic. Uh, there's, it's a very difficult skill to, or difficult quality or rare quality to have. It doesn't mean people have no authenticity and are completely fake, 
But where I would say that person is completely authentic, that really is much, much rare. I'm trying to practice it in my life, but it's not really for me to say whether others think I'm authentic. I'd have to wait and see what they say. Uh, but it's definitely a rare quality, but one that I encourage you to develop. And that's what, so I'm going to give you my thoughts on how to approach becoming more authentic in your life and then how you project yourself to the world. So that's the why, right? That's the why. And now let's talk about the what. So what is authenticity? Well, you've kind of heard some of the words already, right? And it's when I ask people about authenticity, they throw out words like honesty and integrity and sincerity. Uh, I often like to think of authenticity as the thing that really makes you unique that you share with the world. So the thing that makes you unique that you share with the world. So the uniqueness part is, you know, what, what makes you um, different or special and not like everybody else. And that you share it with the world is that's the important part because you can have a whole, everybody is unique, I believe. But it doesn't mean everybody is willing and able to share that uniqueness with the world. You know, that could be how you think, how you dress, how you conduct yourself. There's all sorts of things in this world that make you unique. And it's a question of how, you know, are you, do you share that with the world? And I think authenticity is that uniqueness quality that makes you different to other people in some way. And that's why you can think about things like imperfection uh, and vulnerability and quirkiness and just being different. Uh, it really kind of means not being a copy of other things or other people, but being original, uh, being unlike anything else where you're not trying to be something else. Uh, now, the other thing about authenticity is I think it's important to remember that the truth is the main demonstration of authenticity is less what you are and more how you conduct yourself. It's less what you are and more how you conduct yourself because actually the key thing to think about when trying to say, you know, present yourself as authentic, the key thing I like to look out for, I like to advise on is what's called congruence, which is that your conduct matches or is aligned with the values that you express or you espouse congruence. Your conduct is aligned or is consistent with the values that you express or that you espouse. So if you say that you're a person who prizes honesty above all else, and yet everybody knows that you are cheating on your taxes, <laughs> right? You're not authentic. You're a bit of a hypocrite, right? That's kind of why we have problems with politicians. We don't find them authentic. Uh, whereas those politicians that kind of say what they think and what they mean and they conduct themselves that way, we feel as much more authentic. So it, you've really got to think about congruence. How can I make sure that how I conduct myself in my life and in my world is directly aligned with the values that I express, the things that I say I believe in, that I say I cherish or that I personally value how can I make my conduct directly aligned with the values that I express and that I show? 
that for me is the essence of authenticity. So we're looking at values, your opinions, your beliefs on the one hand, and your actions, your conduct on the other hand, what you do, how you do it, how you treat others. Do they align? Because when they do, that's when people start to think that you're authentic. Because what it basically means is that I can trust what you say and what you do. So that's really what authenticity is. It's making sure those that conduct, the way you present yourself to the world matches the values that you profess to have and what you say that you stand for. So we've got the why and we've got the how. No, wait, 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 wait. we've got the why and we've got the what. So now let's talk about the how, because I know that's kind of what you came to hear, but I really wanted to uh, to kind of set out the, pre the preface, first of all, because I think unless you understand why it's important and then what it actually is, you're not going to be fully motivated to do the what. Um, to, 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 gosh, I'm tripping over my words. To do the how, right? To do the put the work in that will actually change how you are perceived in terms of your authenticity. So I'm going to give you kind of a long list of things to think about, straight things to do that will help you become more authentic. You can't do everything. So don't think that if you don't do everything, then you are not going to be successful in improving or building on your authenticity. It's really about starting the journey and doing what matters and taking it step by step uh, in terms of how you approach this. So number one, step number one that I always recommend, and this is kind of a general thing anyway, but it's critical if you want to become more authentic or build your authenticity. And that is know who you are. So it's really doing some self-awareness or self-assessment. Know who you are, right? Really look inside or sit down and think, okay, what are my values? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my, my passions or beliefs? You know, what is my identity? What's my perspective? What's my natural culture? What are my opinions? What's my code of ethics? What are my boundaries, right? The things that I won't allow people to kind of go across, especially when those boundaries are inconvenient for maybe my world or my life, but I still stick by them, right? True boundaries. Know yourself. Know what you stand for and who you actually are, what your values truly are, because you can't really begin to make sure you, you're conduct matches your values until you know what those values are. And you can do this in a variety of ways. You can sit down and just be introspective. You can get some therapy. You can do coaching. Uh, you can even, in a way, uh, although it's about you figuring out what you are, you can ask other people. So you can do surveys uh, and 360s and try and find out the view that other people have of you. And that may start to give you an inkling into what you really do stand for, because that is how you've always been. That's what, you know, people give you a better perspective, uh, almost a more objective perspective of who you are. But that is really important. You know, work out who you are. As Oscar Wilde says, 
uh, be yourself, everyone else is taken, right? You've got to learn and figure out who you truly are, what you stand for. So that is kind of step number one, the self-awareness, self-assessment phase that is going to be the bedrock of everything that you're going to build on from here. Step two is to get comfortable with that. It is super, super hard to be authentic when the person you are, you're not actually totally comfortable with. So you've got to become comfortable in your own truth, which is really about developing self-esteem and self-confidence. And it's you'll notice actually that those that we think of as most, most authentic tend also to be those that we think of as being most confident in themselves. That's not the same as being extrovert, which is, you know, I don't say it's false confidence, but that's just projecting a certain character trait. That's not the same as confidence. So those who we perceive as being totally confident and comfortable in themselves tend also to be the ones that we think of as most authentic. And again, to get there, you may have to do some work on yourself, some self-development, some coaching, some therapy. That's up to you. But the closer you come to being comfortable with who you really are, once you know who that is, the more likely or the closer you are to becoming authentic. Step three, examine your conduct and compare it to the values that you have now worked out that you have, right? Compare the way you act to the way you believe that you are. Because again, you can do that job of looking for those inconsistencies. So it's about looking at how do I interact with other people? What are the things I do? What are the things I say? Uh, where do I stand? You know, if I say to myself internally, I have these boundaries, but I let people walk over them all the time, then you don't really have those boundaries. Uh, your conduct is not consistent. It's not aligned with your values. So examine your conduct, examine your actions, examine everything that you do and just work out, do I live by the standards or the principles that I say I believe in? And you can do that on a kind of a generalized basis. You can do it specifically and say, oh, in these areas, I'm pretty good. In this area, I'm not. Or you can kind of give yourself a score out of 10, right? You know, if I was to give myself a score, I'd say seven out of 10 or whatever it is. But you've got to do that because then you can start to see where those inconsistencies lie. Because that those inconsistencies are undermining the congruence, the consistency between your actions and your values, between your conduct and the principles that you say that you stand for. And then the next step is to start, little by little, to live by your values. Live by your values right? You know what they are. You've examined yourself for whether there's inconsistencies and now you're just going to try and correct them. So I'll give you a simple example that actually applies to me uh, kind of in my earlier career days. But so I'm very, very proud of my heritage. I'm Yoruba, Nigerian. Uh, it's kind of very, very important to me. Uh, but for a long time, because, you know, when you're starting in your career, you kind of feel that you've got to 
take things that you're not happy with, but you think, oh, I've got to get ahead. I would allow people or I would tolerate people mispronouncing my name. My name is Kolari Lee. Okay, I kind of say, okay, I understand people may struggle with the full name, but my shortened name is Kola, right? Now that is really simple to say, but yet loads of people will call me Kola. And for years it would bug me and bug me. And then I decided actually just kind of about five years into my career that no, I would actually be more specific about it. And I would tell people, no, it's not Kola, it's Kola right? And that was just me trying to kind of live consistently with the values and the principles that I had. So even now in court, one of the most common things that happens is judges will, uh, so my, my surname is Shunaike. Uh, so judges will say, uh, but it's not so, it's Shunaike, so you can say it sounds like SH, but actually when you write it, it's only SO. So judges will say, oh, Mr. Sunaike, and I will always correct them. Uh, actually, judge, it's Shunaike. And they'll make a point of writing it down. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get, you know, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't be saying this about judges. But that's just me trying to live consistently with the values that I say that I have. And that's what you've got to start looking at in your life. Living consistently with the values you say you have. Trying to reduce and reduce to the point of eliminating the compromises that we make with those values, right? We all have to compromise at times. I know that, you know that. But the less or the fewer compromises that you make, the more or the higher you are taking your authenticity. And you always know when you're compromising. Nobody needs to tell you. There's an intuition. You get that feeling of where what you're doing is just not quite aligned with the values that you have. There's kind of a a cognitive dissonance that exists inside you, that you just know. Nobody else can tell you. Nobody needs to tell you. You know it. It's your job and your kind of work to steadily eliminate those inconsistencies so that you bring your conduct and your actions and the way you put yourself out to the world more in line with the values that you say that you have. And the more you do that, the the kind of the, the narrower you bring that gap between values and principles and your conduct, the higher your projection of authenticity will be. So I think that was kind of step number four. Number five, I would say, is start to be more purpose and mission driven in your life. And this is actually an element I talk about when I train my clients on building their charisma, which is another thing that you can build, your charisma. And it's very related to authenticity as well. But it's that it's actually easier to project authenticity when people get a sense that you are passionate about something and that you're kind of on a mission in something and that you're trying to achieve something. You have a purpose that drives you forward. There's very little that feels more authentic than getting a sense of what the engine of somebody is, what what they are excited about, what you know gets them going. Because that gives us a sense that we're getting a real insight into who the person is. Because if you think about it, there's really nothing that is more more truly you than the things that genuinely excite you, the things that genuinely motivate you. It tells us a lot about you. Uh, you know, if I say, oh, I, um, I believe in, 
I don't know, socialism or communism and everybody should be equal and nobody should be different. But I'm always pushing for a pay rise and more money. And I kind of cut my colleagues off, you know, to get the next uh, the next promotion. Right. <laughs> that is you being inconsistent with the values that you say that you have, the values that you say that you have. So you've got to. And that and what that means is that people because people can see that you are motivated by money then it's going to undermine their belief that oh yeah you actually believe in you know egalitarian and equality you know for all and everybody should be at the same level that kind of thing so the more you can let and share with the world the mission that you have what drives you the more they feel that they're getting an inkling into who you really are and that's going to help with your authenticity because it kind of translates into authenticity. Uh, another step, uh, I think probably number six we are, is promote authenticity in everyone around you. Because again, if you actually help people feel more comfortable in themselves around you, and they feel that they can be real and authentic when they are around, they can show their true selves then they reflect that feeling back onto you. So by helping them feel comfortable to be themselves, they'll look at you and say, yeah, that person is also very authentic, right? It's just a reflection back of what you have helped them to feel. So promote authenticity in those around you. If you are a leader, this is super, super important. You've got to empower your team members to feel that they can be as real as possible when they bring themselves to work or to your team or whatever it is that you are doing. So you've got to promote authenticity. You've got to show a genuine interest in the things that others are passionate about. Be present in conversations you have with them. Listen deeply so that you connect and empathize with them. Give space to other people to be authentic in the way that they are, because they will reflect that feeling back to you and they will see you as a genuinely authentic person because you seem to value and cherish, cherish authenticity in others. Okay, I think that was number six. Number seven, and this is one that you will have heard a lot about, and I'm going to say that I agree with it, but I'm going to give you the caveat that is a thing you have to watch out for. So vulnerability, yeah, you heard me talk about it kind of earlier in the, I guess, what is uh, authenticity, you know, the the salesperson who made mistake uh, or the, uh, the pratfall experiment where the person spilt coffee and stuff like that, right? That's kind of vulnerability and being and revealing your flaws and showing that you're not perfect and being comfortable with your mistakes. That is a big part of authenticity because Nobody is human. Nobody is human. And in fact, if you don't show your own flaws, kind of own them yourself, people will kind of ascribe flaws to you that may not be what you actually have. So better to own your flaws, allow them to be seen so that others kind of see you as, yeah, that person's human because nobody's perfect and that's great. And that makes you much more relatable and therefore more authentic. Because if you try and present perfection, you know that you are undermining your authenticity because everybody knows that nobody is perfect. 
which means we'll see you as wearing a mask of some sort, as hiding something. And when we get the sense you are hiding something, we're not going to think that you are uh, honest or that you have integrity, and that's going to undermine your authenticity. So cherish your flaws, your mistakes. Be willing to be vulnerable about them. That's super important in, in authenticity. But, or however, because I don't like the word but, however, understand one thing, and this is crucially important to get, because you will hear a lot of people talk about the importance of vulnerability. A Brené Brown, who's brilliant, especially on leadership, talks in particular about leaders being willing to be vulnerable. But there is a massive, massive caveat, uh, which is it is dangerous to get vulnerability wrong. As much as there is a big upside in showing your imperfection, if you get it wrong, it can actually damage your career. It can damage the opinion that other people have of you. It can damage or undermine their sense of your professionalism. So it's very, very important that you remember that when you are revealing your mistakes or revealing your flaws, you must not present what look like fatal flaws, right? Flaws that, well, if that person has that, or if that person has that weakness, there's no way they can do this job, right? So you've got to make sure that the flaws you reveal are ones that are correctable, ones that are correctable. And especially if you can show not just that they are flaws that are correctable, but they are flaws that are not are correctable and you are actually working to correct them, then your flaw becomes a great kind of element of your authenticity and actually becomes a strength. Because then what you're saying to people is, I have all these flaws and I'm willing to do the work to correct them. That shows that I'm the kind of person that can be a great leader or a great friend or a great part of the team, whatever it is. So you've got to make sure that you're not sharing or revealing flaws that when somebody hears it, they're going to say, oh, well, there's no way you can do the job with that, right? So that's what you've got to be careful about. So some people will say, you know, actually, to be honest, I've been struggling with my communication skills. That's revealing a real insecurity, but I'm working on them. I've got a great coach. His name is Collar, <laughs> right? That's showing that you're working on the mistake or the flaw or the weakness that you reveal that you have, and it turns it actually kind of counterintuitively into a strength. So into a strength. So you've got to really be careful with that. And that's also really important because a lot of my clients are black or in a minority. Um, and one of the central concerns that I know that you have as a, a professional in this world is that fear of, well, I know that I've got to be more myself and reveal myself more. But I also know that if I do that, it could really backfire because, you know, start, things are hard enough anyway. Uh, it really is real, that principle or that idea that you feel like you've got to work twice as hard to get half as far. So if I then throw in my flaws on the, on the same, you know, at the same time, that's just going to make people doubt my competence. That is a very, very real concern. And that's why I say you've got to be thinking about flaws that are not fatal flaws, that if you have that flaw, there's no way I can trust you. 
but are flaws that are correctable and that you are working on them. That's the part that kind of turns it from a negative into a positive, from a negative into a positive. So yeah, tough one there. Vulnerability, super, super important, really, really helps, uh, but got to be careful on doing it. And actually, I'm going to also give you a little technique for how to start to reveal more of yourself in a way that you are comfortable with and doesn't kind of damage uh, who you are. Uh, one other aspect um, that I like to think about is, uh, so the other danger of being authentic is that if the thing that makes you who you are, the authentic, actually in the environment in which you are in is a negative, it can be really difficult to be willing or able to reveal that kind of honest part of you. Uh, so let me give a simple example, which is, let's say your natural resting face is a frown. I mean, there are people, you know, sometimes my kids say, Dad, why are you, why are you upset? And I'm like, I'm not upset. I'm just like chilling, right? If your natural face falls into a frown, then you kind of may go through life constantly being aware of your face and constantly keeping it at a smile. And that's a lot of effort. And in a way, it's not revealing your authentic self. It's not revealing the way your face naturally is, because you understand that if you walk around always with a frown, then actually people may start to think, gosh, what's wrong with this person? They're always miserable. So that's kind of a simple example of how your authentic self may actually, in the environment in which you are, be seen as a negative. Uh, you know, or for instance, uh, as I said, I'm Yoruba, and Yoruba actually as a people, we are pretty loud and a lot of times, if you listen to a group of people uh, in Nigeria speaking with each other, a lot of times you think, gosh, these guys are loud. You know, are, they being, are they about to have a fight? Is it aggressive? Right? Because our natural way is to be emotive and expressive and assertive, which is not the same as aggression, but it may come across that way to other people. So that's an example of some of the dangers of your natural self being authentic may actually be in the, the environment in which you are in seem like a negative. So here's a little approach or tip on how to start to address that. So let's take the, my face naturally falls into a frown. And I always, I always remember Gordon Brown actually being the classic example of this. So his face naturally, so Gordon Brown, kind of former uh, chancellor of the Exchequer of the UK, and then very short period was prime minister because he was a terrible leader, but that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, and his face naturally fell into a frown. That's just how it was. But I think because he followed Tony Blair, he kind of thought, oh, no, 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 that's not going to work in politics. I have to look like I'm smiling. So he used to have this, oh, this inane grin that was so false and so put on that he just looked weird doing it. It didn't work. People could tell that the way he was presenting himself was incongruent with the way he naturally was. So my advice with things like that is actually to turn it into a positive by just being open about it. Because actually, if Gordon Brown had just said, you know, one of the things about me is my face literally naturally falls into a frown. It's been that way since I've been a kid. I used to get ripped about it as a kid. My wife talks about it all the time. It's just who I am. That would have given him permission to, to the world 
to just be his natural self. And then it's like everybody sees the friend and goes, oh yeah, actually, Uncle Bob is just like that, or I used to be like that. And it becomes something that people then don't see as a negative. So one way to deal with where your natural self in your environment may look on the face of it like a negative is to be totally open about it so that you give permission to others to see it as just who you naturally are and therefore something that doesn't need to be seen as a negative at all. Uh, you know, I actually used to, one of the ways I started being more authentic about, you know, where, who I was, my heritage and where I came from was I used to tell people, give people little snippets of information about who I am. So I would tell them that the meaning of my name uh, so Kolarili means um, he brings honor or he brings wealth to the home. And I would start to kind of give little pieces of information to people about my heritage in a way that was telling them that, oh, yeah, you know what? He, there's a lot more to Kola than he often shows at work or in his career around us. There's much more to him. And that started to give them an inkling into who I really, really was and help with perceptions of my authenticity. And that's one of the big tips I want to share with you because in order to increase that sense of authenticity so you can show more of yourself, you've got to find that perfect level of sharing something that isn't too out there that you feel exposed, but is sharing enough that it starts to extend people's understanding and definition of who you are. So think about kind of where your comfort zone is, the things that you're comfortable with sharing at the moment and think, okay, how can I just share something that's about 10 to 15% outside of that comfort zone? Not too out there that people are like, whoa, that's a lot, you know, that's different, but it's a little bit out there that just extends their understanding of you. And the more you can do that, the more you can steadily reveal who you are and what's natural and real to you, the more people will get a sense of, ah, this is who he or this is who she really is. And that will increase their sense of your authenticity. You can be more real. You can bring your real self to your office or your work or your life or the environment that you are in and people will get a sense of your authenticity. And then finally, uh, which I always love, is tell stories. So stories are great because every story uh, even bad ones resonate because storytelling does that. There's a lot of neuroscience behind it. Uh, I've done some uh, workshops and uh, podcast episodes actually on storytelling. So kind of look back on that if you want to. Storytelling has great properties that put everybody in the same zone and help everybody connect. So the more you can tell stories about your life, about your world, the more people will connect with you and your world, the more they will understand more of who you really are, the more your conduct and your actions will be brought into line with your values and your principles, and the more people will see you as authentic. And of course, I can help with that because I am a coach and I specialize in storytelling. So give me a shout if you want to talk about that. But those are my, I think there was about 13, 14 principles, I didn't kind of work out how many there were exactly, on how to be more authentic. So we've looked at why authenticity matters, 
what authenticity really is. And, you know, it's really that congruence between your actions and your values. And people perceive that. People can tell if somebody's being real or not. And then the work of how to get there. Because it doesn't matter where you start in your journey. It just matters that you're putting one foot in front of the other. And every day, you're trying to improve little by little. And I promise you, if you do the work on becoming more authentic, you will benefit most of all. It will help towards people's trust in you. It will help if you're trying to become a leader. It will help in terms of people seeing you as more charismatic and more persuasive, uh, which is all the things that go into making you a better communicator, because that is what I am about. Okay, people, I hope that was a good introduction into the subject of how to be more authentic. Uh, super, super important to develop it. And I hope these, this episode, I don't know how long we've been going now. I hope this has helped. Uh, reach out to me, of course, if you need more help on stuff like this, because that is what I do. You'll see the links in the show notes. And I will see you in the next episode. I leave you, as always, with goodbye in a different language. And... Today, the language is Romanian, uh, and it is, I believe, la, 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 la revedere, la, la revedere, I believe, is goodbye in Romanian. Uh, so cheers to all my Romanian listeners. Hope I didn't butcher that too much. I'll see you on the next time. <laughs>